I think I pressed the button after I said my name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Bill. I'm an alcoholic. Um, my sobriety date is October 8th, uh, 2015. Um, gosh, I was just jump into this. I got an hour to kill. This is... All right, so we can always do a Q and A. Oh yeah, I've, yeah. No, I'm I'm chill. I'll just kind of start riffing. Uh, I was uh, born in Dallas um, to uh, two very very Catholic individuals. Um, my mom uh, come is uh, comes from a family of alcoholics. Uh, her dad was a very um, angry, uh, or no, he was just an alcoholic from what I understand. He passed away. They all, all my grandparents passed away before I really reached it, but like, um, my, uh, my mom's mom was a very angry individual from what I understand, um, certified Al-Anon, and my grandfather would be the alcoholic, and my mom was just kind of raised in a household of just, I don't know how she came up, but just kind of like, just very, very, you know, kind of like quiet and conservative in a lot of ways. That um, was up in Oklahoma. And then my dad was uh, also born to a uh, very Catholic family in Oklahoma uh, as well. Uh, his parents were both alcoholics also. Um, there's, a, from what I understand, a lot of, uh, a lot of violence and, uh, and um, kind of manic tendencies. Uh, I've heard stories, again, both sides of my family, my, my grandparents passed away before I was, really most of them, all three of them passed away before I was born except for one. Uh, and she died when I was like six or seven. I didn't really know any of them, uh, which is kind of a recurring theme in my story, just not really having a whole lot of, uh, you know, we didn't come from a giant, happy family or anything like that. It was just kind of this uh, fractured situation. Um, when I was about... I guess maybe three or four, my folks split up, and um, my uh, my old man, who is a he's a he's a lot of things. He has a lot of problems. Uh, he he uh, he had split with my mom, and he moved to Spain because uh, he he's on the autistic spectrum, and. He, he's very good with languages. It's just something that he does. Um, and he somehow got a job doing this stuff over there, like some kind of managerial thing. It blows my mind because he was writing bad checks. He didn't earn any of the money. Like my mom was the really the primary uh, breadwinner. And even that, uh, you know, all the jobs that she took, like, she had to keep doing more and more schooling just to keep up with cost of living because the wages weren't keeping up with what she was doing. Um, and she was a, what she does is a, she was a like librarian, <laughs> like librarians. That's a reoccurring thing with, with my life. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of money in that racket. Uh, and uh, so my old man was in Spain, and my my mom was just working or at school all the time, you know, while I was uh, growing up. And I am the youngest of three boys, uh, so I have two older brothers, and really we're just kind of like free-range kids we just nobody my again my mom worked all the time she she was uh uh just not that she was like unattentive or anything it's just like she couldn't she was just the only person it's not she was you know she gave a shit but you know her hands are tied and there's just 
nothing she could do about it other than be the person that she thought she was supposed to be and bust her ass. Uh, and the uh, eventually, um, eventually, like uh, I started, I guess at that, I guess in that time, I started. Uh, me and my brothers would go. Well, we were free range kids, and like my oldest brother was uh, just a giant, giant asshole. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of comes with the territory from what I understand. Um, and, you know, just kind of domineering and all this and that. And, like, I was kind of used as, like, this piece of currency, you know, between the two, some sort of, like, negotiating, you know, chip. Uh, and so my, 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 uh, my dad's in Spain. Uh, and so part of the... the uh, the divorce settlement was that uh, we would stay in the states uh, for the school year, and then in during summers go overseas. And so I spent five five of those summers again with a pretty broke ass individual in Madrid, uh, like living next to the airport, like in this apartment building, and then. Uh, the and then a, a subsequent three other summers in this town in England called Basingstoke. Um, this is so I spent a lot of time at a young age being exposed to this larger world. That um, you know I'm I don't I honestly don't I don't think I took it for granted then maybe I was like fucking demanding little kid but like again I, I I actually was able to enjoy that for some time I guess I mean it was just it seems blase now it just seems like oh it's just something that happened um, so I did that and it was uh, during this time uh, one of the times I was in England uh, some uh, uh, somebody uh, attempted to force me to perform oral sex on them it was a pretty dark uh, situation. It was, uh, you know, not what I anticipated from this individual. And, you know, there was a lot of unpacking around that that, are, that I didn't do until well into uh, my, my, uh, my uh, I guess my sobriety. I don't think I really dealt with it for a really long time. Uh, and... Uh, so there's that. That was part that that kind of like sexual dysfunction became like this like thing uh, at that point. Um, and I, I I just you know I, I didn't want to I don't want to dwell too too much on that, but like uh, I guess eventually I came back. I was, you know, in, in, during this time, again, like, I was, I was spending time part of the year in, in overseas and then part of the year here, and um, the, um, at some point, I was diagnosed with, uh, with severe scoliosis, and I was, uh, you know, for about a year and a half or so, I was... You know, I was putting in a couple of different braces. I was doing, you know, physical therapy and all this, and uh, that uh, didn't didn't take. It didn't work. Um, so I was uh, I was put under the knife and operated on. They they took bone from my hip and used that bone from my hip to fuse an 11-inch titanium rod to my spine. It's a, I forget what, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a well-known surgery with orthopedic people. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a huge deal. Like the whole lead up to that, I was just like constantly in pain, uh, like with this twisted up fucking back. I couldn't sleep well, like I, I'm just sleeping this brace that kept me like this for about a year. It was just fucking weird. And 
who's just in constant pain. Uh, and after I had uh, after the surgery, I I guess I was in the hospital. I was in the ICU for a week, um, and I was I guess this is about when I was twelve or thirteen, and uh, then I was in I was uh, in the hospital, just regular care for about a about a week as well, I think, and because I had lost a lot of blood and I was just on a morphine drip the entire time. Um, and I had, I had, uh, you know, got prescribed uh, Valium and just some other shit. It's all kind of hazy, but it was a lot of painkillers and I just didn't, I didn't go to school for about three months. I just didn't fucking do it. Uh, it was like, I just had a whole shit, a whole fucking semester. I just wasn't in school and that kind of like, like started me off on this kind of like escapist egotistical kind of thought pattern uh that suddenly I was like this like really special person and that you know I was gonna make something of myself and so I became very ego driven at that point it was also at that point that I picked up the clarinet I played clarinet for a year after that, I played drums for six years. Uh, my mom was a very good piano player, uh, but again, she worked all the time, but we had a piano in the house, so I played that. I fucked around on it, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and uh, my one of my older brothers uh, plays guitar, and he'd get me to play guitar, and then he'd get me to play bass and all this. And So I just like kind of grew up, that was a big, that's a huge part of my life, just like growing up, like in a, like I guess like fake it till you make it some you know, musical family I guess I don't fucking know uh, but like uh, yeah the um, I guess after the surgery yeah I was just on pain pills for for a, a giant portion of, of me being in 7th and 8th grade and then I was like, had a lot of anxiety surrounding all this and a lot of like, um, just like, I, it's like, I don't know, I, I don't know, I just wanted attention. I'm not even sure if it was like depression or anything. I just like, was like, there's something wrong with me and I don't know what it is. And like, just somebody fixed me or something. And so um, I, uh, I guess I got prescribed Zoloft for, at that point, and then some other shit. I don't even remember, like Ritalin and Zoloft and Random O, fucking pharmaceutical. I don't remember. And and uh, so at that point, I just said uh, so I was like, kind of loaded on those pills at a young age because of you know these medical circumstances. And um, at that point, my oldest brother, or not my oldest brother, my my middle brother. Uh, he was, he's a, maybe a year and a half, a couple years older than me. He had pretty much dropped out and was like, you know, like starting to deal weed and acid and cocaine and all these things. And, you know, he was like 15 at the time. Uh, but like him and I kind of started, there's this like relationship, this Bonnie that I had that I was very much like his enabler and I'm very close to him. And, you know, I was kind of always getting getting them out of uh, tight circumstances at that point. And um, yeah, he he uh, he's just was in and out of. He was just always in trouble. He was just always in trouble. And I was just, you know, you know, fairly conservative. I didn't want to get into. I don't want shit to happen. But him and I, he gave he uh, he was the. Uh, the reason for my my first drunk, and that's it was then we we were in we was we stole a bunch of fucking uh, like natty eye or bun lights or something from a uh, from a family reunion in Kerrville, <laughs> <laughs> and we put them in our jinkos. <laughs> we still put them on our jinkos when we got in the car and. Went out to Dallas and it was like it was the Beavis and Butthead final episode, uh, like from the first run of the Beavis and Butthead. So it was like ninety nine, ninety eight, somewhere in there. Um, and we just sat in my room getting drunk, and uh, 
you know, he, he says he was always like, this, he was like, man, I remember being like this Tim Meadows guy from like Walk Hard. You don't want none of this, Bill. You don't want none of this, all this shit. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, anyways, the funny thing is <laughs> I just picked him up from the rehab a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and not even a week ago. And like, uh, yeah, um. You know, we were kind of close. I mean, there's like this enabling type relationship that we have. Uh, there, you know, this close thing. But at some point, he he got hospital. He got, was in a fucked up car wreck, and I remember being in the hospital with him for a couple weeks. Uh, he was also in the ICU, like I was, and then, um, uh, you know, again, like a lot of escapism. And I'd always done art and, and stuff as a kid, but uh, like I really, really dove into uh, my music, or like music, and not even mine, but like, um, and there, you know, that's just was like my my escape, uh, along with like, I didn't start getting drunk regularly until until high school. And so I came, went to high school, um, and uh, I guess that was in a. I remember I was telling y'all I was come from a very very Catholic family, and like, but you know we were about it was just middle class, if lower middle class as it gets. Like when you know my uh, you know librarian mom and my dad who's broke and doesn't talk to us, uh, like. Uh, like I guess I went to a, I went to a really like a good like a nice uh, nice Catholic high school in Dallas um, because of a uh, a uh, what do we call it uh, an inheritance like an inheritance or like a like my one of my my great grandmothers was like you like was saved a fuck ton of money and was like you're sending all the boys to Catholic school and they're gonna get a Catholic education and that's just the way it is. <laughs> So that's what happened. And so I was in this situation to where I didn't really fit in with anybody, you know, woe is me, whatever. It was a bunch of fucking privileged white guys from fucking Highland Park and shit. Like, I don't know. I was like, man, I don't really, I don't, I'm from like fucking the armpit of like Farmer's Branch. And like, you know, I didn't really fit in with them uh, for the most part. But I, there was a couple, some really close friends I did wind up making. And uh, essentially, eventually, I uh, started, I discovered partying. And I, the way I discovered that was one of my friends who wound up going to a, a, a really, really good arts magnet school in Dallas kind of introduced me to this entire, this, this thing that I, like, I was like, holy shit, like, a whole group, like a fucking school where their prerogative is like art and music and dance and all these things. And I was like, like, holy shit. Like, how did I not know about this? And, you know, uh, I started partying then. I was like, I figured out then. I was like, oh shit. Like, I guess girls kind of like me. I didn't know that. And, um, I just, you know, just, just started doing that. I just, it was, seemed pretty innocuous, but it was, the, there was definitely like it was starting to kind of get bingy. Uh, the binges didn't start until the one year of college that I went to, and um, uh, subsequently dropped out of. But I had, I had, uh, you know, after I graduated high school, I discovered like this whole other world of like, you know, you know, like musicians and artists and things that like really I was like looking for that I didn't find at my normal school. Like I built a, this kind of friendship circle with, like, you know, I, I came down to Austin. And I was like, well, there's probably gonna be more people like that. So fuck it, I'm out of Dallas. I'm coming to Austin, and I'm, you know, that was like breaking out of jail. Like I, I was just like, I'm gonna be in a band. I'm gonna play, and that's all I'm gonna fucking do. I don't give a shit about school. I don't like. I went to one year of college, but it was really just a ticket to get the fuck out of Dallas and. Um, but at that time I had stopped taking, uh, my prescription pills and there was some, there was a point where I just kind of like, kind of got lost in like, I was, 
like myself. I just don't, there's whole like pockets of weeks and months. I just don't really remember what happened because I'd like cold turkey just stopped taking these prescriptions because I just didn't bother to get them refilled. And there's a, you know, few of them. And apparently that like shit can really, I, you know, if you do that without, you know, doctors, you know, advice or whatever, or whatever process, like, you know, it can get really squirrely. And that's, I was in this haze for, for about six weeks or so. I just remember what the fuck happened. And during that time, I was just like, after that, that's when I really, really like, oh shit, there was like, I mean, talk about binge drinking, like alcoholic drinking. There was some crazy shit in, in high school. Like I remember getting a fucking 24 pack from this dude, Barry, that worked at this 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 health center that I worked at for some reason. It was a scrawny, pale stoner. And like he, like I would just, I drove to Conroe and, and like 100 miles an hour and just like got fucked up on this 24 pack and then just like you know eventually wait, made my way back at, to Dallas uh, and uh, I guess at that after 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 I dropped out that's when I really started like just drinking all the time because it became like this like this culture like this way of life I was like yeah, it was just like not even like a thing. I didn't think it was a problem. I just thought it was just something that you did. I didn't really think of it as like drinking, drinking as a you know, like I didn't I didn't think of it in the way that we think have this lens of the program on it. You know, I just thought we were just you know just partying and smoking weed and all this. But like I was living in an apartment with a few other people, and all we did was just get drunk. And we tossed the TV out. We called it the devil box. Like there's, I still kind of believe that. I think TV is bullshit. Uh, like, and the all we did was play. That's all we fucking did. And at this point, I had met somebody who would become a very, very close friend of mine and a colleague. And we were both young. We were both really uh, aspiring musicians. And we both had the same kind of instincts and tastes and all this um, and we struck up a relationship um, that eventually turned into us forming a group and that group at that point and started becoming like really successful you know in town I was 21 something and we started being managed by a very large uh, talent buying agency, and um, we, after I mean, it was like some. It happened really fucking quick, um, and we eventually, within a couple of years of, I mean, we played like we opened for, we played for fucking Barack Obama whenever he was like campaigning down here and shit like uh that was just like the beginning of it um and uh eventually we you know we were touring we started doing the tour thing and that whole thing all of that is partying i mean i don't know if i should even like spell it out for anybody but like that's just getting fucked up and playing and just like you know like just fucking on this kind of this upward thing there's just a lot of a uh, lot of booze a lot of lot of cocaine and Adderall and weed you know just pretty basic ass shit you know I always had a I always had a fear I always had a a, a healthy fear of heroin I mean for whatever reason it just like sounded too sexy for me and you know? I was like I can't <laughs> I don't know you know this shit is kind of it just I always had this really, but all the other shit, all the uppers sounded fucking awesome. I love that shit. Like, like, you know, uh, so I guess this is where we start coming into resentment territory. Cause this is where that shit, that's where it kind of goes down. Uh, there was, so in this, at this time, 
we uh, we got signed to a very very major uh, label, and we got a two record deal on it, and um, I think it may have been three, and we just kind of there's this one of the subsidiaries of this giant fucking umbrella corporation was, and we didn't know it at the time, but was losing its uh, losing its solvency because at this point the entire record this was right before or right as digital and physical started kind of uh, flipping and like I can talk about the the shit forever <laughs> uh, and and anyways uh, yeah this we were just getting fucked up all the time our manager was speedballing um there was these really, really, really important, like, kind of conversations and trust that you have, and like that person that I mentioned before who became like, you know, a colleague of mine, a close friend, and, like, you know, um, he decided that he wanted to be the leader, but it wasn't his name on the marquee, and he didn't want to rehearse <laughs> which is which is like I'm like what are you talking about man like that just doesn't make any sense like he had way more he, he belonged on the other side of the desk like he just wasn't supposed to be in the, the group function but you know he was more concerned about hanging over at our at our uh, managements and this booking agency's offices downtown and um, he was more concerned with that than with actually putting in the work so what happened was all this, you know, there's all this chatter in the offices whenever, like, these really, really important consequential things are being decided, like, you know, like, uh, for instance, one of them was the, they decided to forego um, filing for employer taxes. And I didn't know what that meant. You know, at 23, I didn't know what that, like, withholding my own taxes was like this really important deal especially when we're working a lot we're having a really good you know really good years at this point so all this whole kind of thing happened over the course of a five-year period uh but the first couple years like i didn't know until it was too late that i owed like thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes and i'm like then this I'm a fucking musician, and and I'm just in this situation where I'm I, where I'm like I I don't know how to get that kind of money. Like we're things were fine just yesterday. Holy shit! Um, and then also, you know, at this time, like there was really important decisions made towards writing credits. One of our, one of our probably our most popular song, the hook is my fucking baseline. That's the end. Like, you listen to the song, anybody with a fucking objective ear would be like, oh, it's the base of the whole fucking song. I don't get a penny for it. And that was all decided at some point over in, 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 in the, uh, in this, uh, in these offices and with our label in Nashville. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much just fucked up hellscape to where like I was in this like national touring act like that was doing like really well or on TV multiple times uh, doing you know see your fucking shit at Best Buy and stuff I had like ex-girlfriends being like oh your fucking stuff's over here oh my god and like I would I I wasn't getting credit for writing and publishing for uh, fucking because of I was because that individual I was talking about like decided that that, that like that I was, wasn't you know that I didn't contribute even though it wasn't that's not the case and um, there's a lot of there's a lot of work and stuff that I've had to do around that person um and I was in this situation where just like, I just was like 
this that guy was you know jet setting to fucking Nashville and to New York and DC and I was at the motherfucking uh, uh, unemployment office trying to file for food stamps but I couldn't because the government won't let people who owe thousands of dollars in fucking taxes receive uh, food stamp benefits and so I was was in this respectable like you know mid-level national touring act like just right below the glass ceiling of like the really giant shit and we see that stuff we were like we were like up close to a lot of that that stuff um you know like um and i uh i just just like i mean we already partied and drank and stuff and you know there's always you know that was always a thing you know trucker speed and shit like but <laughs> Like, it was at that point that I was, like, really disillusioned and, like, truly, truly hateful. And, like, towards somebody who's close to me. It was, like, the Shakespearean, like, relationship that formed. Like, you were my fucking best friend and, like, like I'm fucked. Like, you didn't tell me anything. And so we started, that really just fucked that up for good. Um, and... Yeah, like, uh, good lord, it was, it was gnarly, uh, you know, we, uh, we put out a couple of records with that, with that, with that, uh, major, we did a, we did a record on an independent label, at this point, me and, and the marquee name person of whom I play for, were like, this guy is, like, there's a lot of weird shit. It's like, this is like, because he realized that the person I play for realized that his fucking requests and his demands weren't being met and that there was this whole other fucking action and backroom shit going on while we were out here trying to, you know, like do the actual legwork and that this, that person that I have that resentment towards was very intimately involved in manipulating all of that. And, um, yeah, so eventually we started putting out, we put a record on an independent label, and it just like that's when shit got weird. And and at that time, I got into a I don't want to be dismissive about this because this I got into a, a a relationship with a woman that um, classic case. I mean, like what I, like I mean, she was an active cocaine user at that time. Her parents are. One of them is like she knows is an alcohol is an alcoholic, and the other one she, you know, I think she probably does know. But there's, yeah, alcoholic, alcoholism, parent shit, and like just like you know, this really Alanani kind of like controlling type behavior. And anyways, like so, I'm out on the like I meet this person at this time, and we strike up a relationship that lasted five years, and I'm just kind of like like. You know, it's really, really important. Like, there's, it was like, you know, we were both very stubborn and very uh, strong-willed individuals, and we're both, you know, really loving and caring in a lot of ways. And and there's, a, it just seemed like the perfect fucking fit. Like, I was like, holy shit, I, I don't have to worry about, I don't have to, got that taken care of. Because like, at heart, I'm like, you know, that's, you know, that was a having that kind of like having that kind of like perfect romantic thing seems really appealing and then it was just like what it became was this uh just this controlling angry situation to where like you know I couldn't fucking do or say anything without having my you know integrity questioned and like not without you know good reason I mean like I was just drinking all the time I mean we would just go on the road be drunk for weeks on end and months and then come back and then I'd just be like trying to readjust to like pretending to be normal and just couldn't keep it together like it was like abusive levels of alcohol consumption every night I mean 
Like, I mean, because it's free. It was all free. I mean, free bottle of Jameson, like, free, like, multiple cases of beer, you know, just, I mean, just, that was, you know, and I didn't have to fucking drive because somebody else drove, so I just would just get fucked up and then go to the hotel and continue to get fucked up. And it was like, it seems so normal because I was just like, I'm just blowing off steam and this is just part of the job and I don't, I'm not, I don't have a problem, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it eventually caught up and just like, I could, you could see it physically. I mean, like you'd see it like in your, like my fucking face and just my overall health. And, and then like at that time, as I said, I mentioned the, the, the medical stuff with, with, with my back and all that. And like that would start hurting. And so I just like drink to quell that pain and all this. And there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, disappointment, a lot of a, uh, of a uh, kind of ego fulfillment, and then loss at that point. Uh, there came a point, like within a couple, ma- a couple years from from that that uh, that person that was in my life that was, I was working with that he had kind of departed from the operation, and I would. And the woman that I was with, they just like, it just, like, there's two people like, God, I can't seem to please anybody. And, you know, I'm always pissed off. She's always pissed off. I hate that guy. And I was like fucking pedicabbing to pay back the IRS still, even though I was like in this like, people would be like, dude, we just saw you on David Letterman. I was like, I gotta go fucking pedicab now. <laughs> uh, and, um, and then I worked at, and I was like dishwashing at a restaurant too. And Bill was like, "What are you doing here?" It's like I, it's a long story, and it never, it never, I couldn't ever fucking put it like together that, like especially early on, whenever we first joined that 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 uh, agency, that that manager management and booking agency, like the the partying was crazy at that point, and like, like. I'm kind of surprised I didn't develop a full-blown cocaine addiction then. Um, but it was like, dude, I just wasn't taking care of my shit and all this, like, really important decision-making was, like, I was just out of the picture. I was just like, just, just, oh, somebody else will take care of it for me. That was my attitude. And, like, uh, yeah, that totally backfired. That absolutely fucking literally backfired. And so eventually, like, uh, you know, the bottom fell out of, of that codependent five-year, one-night stand uh, <laughs> that, you know, like, that eventually fell out, and I was just, like, you know, trying to fucking keep it together, and like not lose my mind even though I was clearly already lost it I was just pissed off all the time I was just thinking about how I this person done me wrong that person done me wrong that person up in fucking Nashville did me wrong this is isn't that fuck the entire industry blah 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 like like super super like super resentful justified fucking bullshit um and I just like, I mean, God bless my, my ex. She was just like, I can't do this anymore. So she left and she she um, she moved. Uh, thank God, out of state. Uh, <laughs> school. And then, uh, yeah. Um, at that point, I was very alone. It was it was just booze and Adderall. And just like trying to like taking Adderall in the mornings to keep my shit together, because uh, my my housemate at the time, uh, you know, had random Adderall to deal, but she didn't really sell. She just, she just had a bunch of fucking Adderall, and I was just getting. I mean, I was just drunk. I just I was just trying to keep it together, working at this 
working at this restaurant and like I'd finally gotten <coughs> done paying back the IRS. I'd finally like, you know, seem like, all right, we cut one stupid record and now we're going to wait around for the tour to start so they can work. Cause it's all seasonal work. That's the thing, you know? Uh, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, I was just sad. I couldn't stop thinking about my professional shit and my romantic shit and just how, like, how I, like, in so many ways had come true, like, as I said, ego fulfillment and then the loss of it. Like, they just became these distorted other realities of, like, this isn't the way it was supposed to be. And I, I just, I was just, like, riding my fucking bike and just trying to keep it together and just getting drunk, you know? And I couldn't stop thinking about how, like, like drinking. I was like, that's the first time I really noticed it. It was like, like this dry kind of, I, I started thinking about what, you know, what my ex, what my ex had kind of gleaned to me. It's like, dude, you're a fucking alcoholic, like straight up. And I just couldn't stop. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Fuck that bitch. And like, <laughs> I just try to, just try to like, I was just lying to myself. It was like this very purposeful denial. I was like trying the fucking, I remember trying like, like a bunch of fucking, oh yeah, I remember trying to fucking kayak every day. <laughs> and I just like, what was weird, I just like wound up, I had this really long hair at the time and I just like had like this kind of watery liquid, like a lot of liquid in my face and I was just like, just, dude, I looked weird as a gnarly tan and sunburn and as like it was weird and but yeah like I, I just like kayak every fucking day and just like be pissed off the entire time <laughs> I pissed off or sad it was like one or the other it was like either super sad or super pissed and then drinking and I just couldn't I was like I'm just talking to myself and trying to figure it out and just like trying to be like I'm not gonna get fucked up I'm not gonna do it this night I'm not gonna do it and uh, it would just like I, without fail, I would just be like, ah, just one, it's just one, one fucking, what do they call it? Big old fucking tall boys of IPAs or whatever. I'll just get one of those. That's nothing. IPA, that's nothing. And I just like, it would wind up, I'd get one and then I'd like go back and get two more and like, or like go to the bar and like all this shit. Then I'd pop an Adderall and just be back at it and then go to this job that I was like, what am I doing here? Okay, I guess I'm doing this now. And, and I would get, like, going on a bender, I remember going on, there was, towards the end of it, like, there was these, these fly-out dates that we had to fucking Canada. And I just, like, stayed up for days. Just, like, there was a Coke bender in there, there was a bunch of fucking Adderall, obviously. Like, just a bunch of drinking. And it's like, it's, that's like, you know, it's, as I said, like heroin was too sexy for me, and like, <laughs> like I was just like drank all the fucking time, and I, I, uh, I eventually I had such a crazy fucking hangover one day, and I was going to the Wheatsville on Lamar, and I'm just like I see these two guys that I'm like, they you know they're acquaintances, they're friendly, I know them uh, professionally. And I'm like, man, I think I have a, I think I have a, a drinking problem. This is a whole year of me being by myself, totally isolated and drinking and popping Adderall. And they're like, you know, dude, uh, have you ever tried, tried an AA meeting? And I was like, holy shit, no. <laughs> I never thought of going to a fucking AA meeting. It was like the last, just didn't even register in my brain to try <coughs> AA, which is crazy because my, like, my brother is in and out of fucking step work. Uh, my mom is a, a, a like an Al-Anon. My dad did AA. Like I had heard of the program stuff. I'd heard of it throughout my my younger years, you know. Um, but it just never fucking occurred to me. It's just like I guess I'm just that much of a one-track mind. That's the other problem I have is a workaholism. If there's one ism that is like the. The other ism, it's definitely workaholism. Like, I'm just going to fucking do this thing and do it. And, uh, which is not a way to live. Um, and so, um, I guess 
I went to my first meeting. Um, it's still my home group. And I'll never forget the first person I saw outside those doors was this was this cat that I'd been I actually had lunch with like maybe two months before. And I was like, holy shit, you? And he's like, yeah, dude, yeah. It was like this, he was surprised to see me. I was really surprised to see him. And I'll never forget, he's, he's, we were talking about it. I was like, yeah, this is my first meeting. I'm, I don't, I think I have a problem. Like, I can't keep it together. I just keep drinking. I keep thinking about drinking. I keep thinking about how I'm trying to, like, I'm just going insane. Like, I can't fucking stop thinking about this shit. And he's like, did you feel like you're a ticking time bomb? And it just totally, it was at that, those words, like, completely changed my my fucking perception on everything that I was doing. Because I was like, I do feel like, like, I, like no matter what I do, it's eventually going to get extreme. You know, all the crazy weirdo benders and all the fucked up punching through windows and getting to physical altercations and shit like I was like it was like it was cause like you know you keep it together for a certain amount of time and then I just like lose my fucking shit eventually like, like, like not all that long either and he said that and it like I was so relieved that, and like you know, um, as of today, uh, you know, I can happily say relapse isn't part of my story, um, at least, you know, in terms of a substance, but, um, you know, like, uh, uh, that, like, I got in there and it was, I got in the rooms, it was, so, and I remember that first meeting. I don't remember the topic there, because typically they'll be like, oh, are there any first 30-day people or whatever? And then they'll kind of gear the meeting towards the first, you know, first three steps. And I didn't say anything. I was like, I don't want to draw any attention to myself, you know. I saw, I already saw a couple people that I knew and stuff. And um, I had a, you know, I just kind of like, I realized as they were talking about it, they were talking about some spiritual shit, and it, and like, I was totally okay with it. I was totally down, because I, thank God, I didn't have any expectations. The only expectation I thought was like this idea that it was like, like a county program with like tests and like, I've, I've said this before in other meetings, like, I thought it was going to be, like, bureaucratic. I thought it was going to be, like, forms and this stuff, but, like, not really at all what it is, you know? I thought it was going to be way more municipal, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, it wasn't. And I was, like, happy about that. Because, again, like, as I said, a very, very Catholic upbringing, like, a lot of this stuff kind of came naturally to me. And it was like, yeah, shit, fuck it. Like, like theology, I can jive with that. Like... You know, philosophy, sure. Like, and then I like that became it's like there was a while there in my program where it became very cerebral and like you know, and very much about like you know, identifying exactly the things in my life in order to make sense of them, and you know, not you know, and that's fine. And I think everybody probably has has that tendency. Uh, uh, but I learned eventually to kind of like, like, kind of grasp these terms, like, more in, in, intuitively and instinctively and not trying to name them, uh, you know. I used to be like, well, I just think that God or the higher power, that we're all of the universe and that we're all just subjective expressions of the universe ex experience in itself and I had all these ideas <laughs> as to like what it was and I don't like and nowadays I like I, I just don't give a shit I just don't fucking care and like the main thing I can attribute that to is because of the work that I did with my sponsor and my sponsor um is an atheist and like I'm I'm an atheist like if I just like wake up one day there's no god I don't give a shit and so I have that instinct and like he told me there's like 
the service is what's the most important and that like you kind of like build this like these abilities to like be more peaceable with who you are and then to like you know like yeah there's like some intuitive work and like getting in touch with that but like you know it's more about that it's not about for for him and for myself it's not about like waiting for some interventionist god to like do stuff for you like pay your fucking bills and all this stuff that is like I just, I just don't, it's, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's not even about that. It's about the faith of the process. It's about faith of anything. Like, you don't need to be subscribing to anything to have, like, a faith in, like, the process. And that was the most easy terms for me to kind of wrap my head around it. And it's actually, like, opened up a larger spiritual life for me. And there's, like, a distinct kind of, like... I don't, no, it's not distinct. It's not. It's 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 this thing that I like commune with, and it's like the larger bodies of a whole that I'm just like like can try and observe the very limited amount of stuff that I can actually observe, and just like be okay with the rest of the things that are going around. Around, um, I just try to be as like presently aware as possible um but yeah sobriety's uh it's uh it was not it was something i was excited about at, like the first year fucking pink cloud for sure and then i was like kind of slacking on my on some of my step work and I start feeling weird about it i can like i feel like i could at least I'm in tune with my own self enough towards like I can instinctively feel like this is not right, you know. And I listen to that. That whole intuitive thought thing is like I'm like kind of cultivating that is like really, really important to me. Um, and the 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 action behind you know the steps is super, super important because that's like that's that is like the marrow of the entire fucking program like all the stuff about like you know god this and that and like like fucking bill wilson and dr bob and all this you know kind of orthodoxies that surround themselves around i think they should just fucking take off those pictures and take bill and bob's names out of the fucking big book and just like have it be completely anonymous because like i'll get caught up in this like idea of like like, I'll get super cynical about, you know, some of the structures and some of this, like, kind of industry that's kind of created itself around it. And just, like, I'll just have these really, really cynical things. And I was like, but I always return to the fact that it's like, it doesn't, my ideas about this stuff doesn't really matter. It's the actions and, like, my the guidance that I have, you know, with the book and with my sponsor and the people around me. And, like, me being able to kind of, like, navigate, you know, this, uh, these waters, you know, and just kind of, you know, be, be at peace with these things. And I think I might be fucking finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. All right.